Create, connect, communicate. Create, connect, communicate. Magical, enigmatical, gift of gab, super, natural, story, from the space Come, well lit. It's because I, I think that an artist cannot have like one single statement. Of course. That is ridiculous. You need to continue mutation. That's that's art. That's art, hundred percent. So my bio always says it's just always <laughs> editing. Yes. Yep. It's a work of art <laughs> itself. All right. So hello, ladies and gentlemen. Welcome back to another episode of Firelight Chats. We are here in the Space Lab in Da'an, Taipei, Taiwan, with a very mm -hmm. special guest, Jay Triangular. She is an artist, activist, curator, neon poet, and videographer. Also, if we look at another, <laughs> <laughs> if we look at another bio, she is an independent curator, queer poet, experimental filmmaker, DIY video artist, and photographer making art projects that speak about resistance, gender dynamics, and memory landscapes. There is a lot of things that I'm sure we will be able to talk about. Uh, Jay Triangular is from Colombia, South America. So Latinx. Will, Latinx, exactly. So we will have a lot of things related to the Latin community as well, the Latinx community to talk about as well. So Jay Triangular, welcome. Thank you for that amazing presentation. And in my website, I have another bio. Another bio. <laughs> So what does that bio go like? Do you uh, remember? Yes, yes. Because for me, it's also really important to consider myself as a community builder. Mm. So in my bio, in my website, I mentioned that I create queer spaces. I create platforms of solidarity for historically marginalized groups. Are there specific groups that you are interested in? Of course, LGBTQI+, women and people living with HIV and okay. people of color in general. Yeah, we will definitely be able to get much deeper into that later. But I think we should understand the J triangular story. I had a chance to talk to you earlier and know a little bit about it. And we share a lot of similar experiences uh, overlap in places that we have been around the world as well. So I'm very excited to speak with you about that. Originally, maybe can you tell us where you are from? Yeah, I love to tell this story. Well, I'm from Bucaramanga, but my parents moved when I was five months. So I don't have any memories of Bucaramanga. Mm. And we moved to Bogota. And in Bogota is all my childhood memories. And these memories are so beautiful because my parents, I'm really proud of my parents. Mm. I know that you usually expect that your parents be proud of you, but I'm really proud of my parents. Mm, nice. <laughs> so my parents, they own a pharmacy and half of the pharmacy was a video store. So I think for children that is magical because you think, wow, the same place that people buy the medicine, they can rent a movie. That In is my so cool. mind, 
a film and uh, well the the possibility to feel better it was united so i think for children and with my brother we always steal the horror films from, <laughs> <laughs> from the, the vhs the vhs were all vhs tapes wow. so it's, it's really amazing experience. that's amazing it's like a store of therapy <laughs> you go there to take yes. your medicine and then when you're relaxing on the bed and you can watch a nice film. Yes, and and then I think that it was also really cool because a lot of people wondered you recommend movies. And my grandfather was the one who like ran the, the pharmacy and video store. My mm. parents choose the, the movies, but my grandfather he is kind the of one ran who the business. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Wow. So how did that idea come about? I mean, was it the pharmacy first and then you added the video store or the yes. other way around? Mm -hmm. Yes, I think it was like that. And I think it's the, the two main passion of my family because my father loved movies. He's a cinephile. Mm -hmm. And my mother was a nurse in the emergency room. So medicine for her is really important. So mm. she wanted to to find this kind of perfect union. And in Latin America, it's really common to have two business in one. Yes. <laughs> I think New York yeah. also has that thing. Exactly. <laughs> you have to be creative. Yeah. You've got to hustle to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it works. And yeah. in Bogota was uh, really successful. I think it was more successful the video store. Oh, wow. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Is that business still going on? Do they still own that store? No, no, no. They they ended, but okay. but the idea is there, and well, the I am preparing my feature film, so mm. maybe. And now nobody rent a movie. Sadly, that's true. Oh, that's <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah. What am I talking about? If it still existed, that would be impressive. It outlasted Blockbuster. Yeah. <laughs> I used to work in Blockbuster. <laughs> no way. Yeah. In Colombia. No, in Chile. In oh, Chile. wow. But I quit because I get super mad because people don't let the young people who were working there recommend movies. Mm. So my Laoban said, don't recommend movies to people. People want to watch just Hollywood. Don't recommend arty movies. So <laughs> I was like, no. Okay. And That's it I quit. <laughs> People don't even love film here. Yes. I, I, well, it's blockbuster, but yes, I still exactly. think like the section of art was good. So I try to recommend this right. kind of movie. You were passionate about your job. Yeah. <laughs> and my side job. Yeah, right. <laughs> so, wow. Okay. So you mentioned Chile. Uh, we have also both been to Chile. Uh, we were talking last time. How did that come about? When and, and why and how Chile? Well, my father is a software engineer, mm. so when I was around 12 and my brother was 11, my father got an invitation to work in Chile, and it was the 90s in Colombia, so the situation was really dangerous, mm. and my parents were really scared because Bogota was like a tense, it was a tense moment mm. for or Colombia. So my parents decide, okay, this is kind of the, the signal. Let's mm -hmm. move to Chile. And we move to Santiago. To Santiago, the capital of Chile. Sí. How old were you at this time? 
12, 12. 12 years old. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> so I'm half Chilean also, I think. Right. That's, yeah, that's quite a young age and a really important age as we're growing up, yes, right? 12. Yes, yes. And my bully years, under yeah. the bully years was in Chile. <laughs> right. So I'm sure you have a lot of memories, both good and not so good there. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> a mix of it. <laughs> How was that? What was that like when you were 12 years old and, you know, growing up pretty much in Bogota uh, most of your life and then suddenly going to Chile, which is another, of course, Spanish speaking country in South America, but it's a very different culture. And Yes, that's the thing. I don't believe there exists like a Latin American culture mm -hmm. because each country is so different. Definitely. But you can say that Brazil, Colombia, uh, Mexico, well, Mexico is not South America, but it's Latin America. They have these similarities mm -hmm. and they're really welcoming. Chile is the opposite. <laughs> <laughs> Chile is a country that I think the time of the dictatorship mm. affected really deeply. For Chilean people, the foreigner is someone that you need to be suspicious about. The you dictator was a Japanese dictator, Fujimori. No, 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 no. That's oh. that's uh, Peru, Peru. Oh, Peru. Sorry. Peru. Yeah. Right. Right. <laughs> no. Right. 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 Me went No, in Chile Pinochet. was Pinochet. Yes, yes. Right. Okay. And the Chicago boys. Oh, so full that's pay right. By, full pay by. Mm -hmm. Yes. So I think Chilean people has this way that if you are foreigner, if you speak weird for them, no. Right. They will be really suspicious about you so mm. for me because i came from colombia i was studying in a all-girls school dream mm. for a lesbian right yes, this time <laughs> <laughs> i love the nuns the nuns love me yeah. people who criticize nuns, no no nuns are the best the best that's funny <laughs> easy to corrupt <laughs> really? Yeah. Okay, we'll have to go back to that. <laughs> so, for me, it was difficult, especially because the the children at that age, 12, is like... They're vicious. Yes, yes, yes. Yeah, no control. It was difficult, but at the same time, I had my brother mm. in the same school. So it was amazing. And my brother is an artist also. Right. So we have each other. We always said that we are twins. The celestial twins. Yes. Yes. <laughs> little shout out. <laughs> Do you think that time, because you mentioned, you know, that those were the kind of bully years of your life. Do you think those times kind of influence your later art, which we will get into because a lot of your art is related to activism, related to discrimination or stigmatization or other kind of things? Wow, this is really a therapy. <laughs> <laughs> it's weird because I love to read a lot about bios of many artists. Mm. And it's weird because many artists suffer bully. So yeah. I feel like it is related. And in my feature film, actually one of the characters of also bully, mm. because I think when you're a children, it's kind of your introduction to the world. And if when you're a child, you suffer discrimination for any reason, you think the world is a hostile world that you need to always fight against. Right. So I do think kind of set up my mind but i already forgive them even they go to hell <laughs> <laughs> yeah they're already burning in hell so you forgive them yes. <laughs> <laughs> So what were the biggest differences, do you think, in growing up in Colombia and growing up in Chile? 
I think there is huge difference, but after well, we already talked about the bullies, comes something that is super beautiful. That is actually the queer community in Chile, I think, is really united. So when I was around 18, my classmate kind of invited me for the first time to a queer club. Mm. I was super straight. I mean, I, I have the disease of straight. No, 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 no. No, it's not the disease. Okay. So was for me, so, wow, this place exists and... I remember that first time really kind of changed my perception. And I also think at that time, Colombia was not that kind of scene. So I really happy that my adolescence was in Chile. Also, I love underground music, mm -hmm. that kind of punk. Mm -hmm. And those kind of sounds in Colombia at that time was not so typical, you know. It's like salsa. I love salsa, of course. But when... You're an adolescent with all this rage. Well, I keep the rage. Right. <laughs> but I was more interested in those kind of underground sounds. Mm. And Chile has that scene. So I, I'm really, really happy that I experienced those kind of dissident movements. Yeah, because Colombia and I think especially Bogotá is known to be quite a conservative culture. I think now it's totally different. But... Yeah, when I was a child, was was different. It's mm -hmm. quite different. Yes, it, it's kind of conservative, and it's also the the gender are so like. I mean, if you're a woman, you need to be like a supermodel. Mm, no? Right, Colombia. Yeah. Oh my God. <laughs> Colombia and Venezuela. Yes, Miss Universe. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> so Chile, no, Chile, kind of more. And Chile has a long history of dissident, uh, mm. contracultural movements. Mm -hmm. So I think everything is, is a perfect plan that right. I, I grow up in Chile. In those two kind of worlds like yeah. that. Mm -hmm. Magical realism. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that was kind of your life. So you mentioned that your friend invited you to this first queer club, right? Yes, yeah. And you said you were so straight at that time. So straight. <laughs> wow. So, yeah, what about that, about your journey, figuring out your identity? Well, I think it's all about education, right? Mm. I think because I study in religious school, always we have this kind of class, religion class. Mm -hmm. And of course, at that time, it's different, but this is super important for me to say it. It's so important to tell a child, doesn't matter who you are, doesn't matter who you love, it's okay to be you. It was not my case in religious class. I actually mentioned this in, in my workshop last uh, Saturday. Mm. We need to select. Homosexuality is a mental disease, is a punishment from God, or is, I don't remember the third option, but the option that you need to select is a mental sickness. Right, A, B, or C. Which one is the correct answer? <laughs> exactly. Oh, wow. So I do think, of course, that education teach me to hate myself. Mm. So in my process of unlearning, when mm. I went to that club, <laughs> that was actually not like, oh, amazing, the music. No, it was just a place where people like me were there. They gathered and had fun. And I feel, oh, these people is actually my people. So yes, I think it's important to tell children since they're a child that it's, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay to, to be different, to love different. Right. 
So is that when you first realized or did you know always, you know, who you were and that you always. were just kind of suppressing that? Yes, totally, totally, okay. totally, totally. I, I remember that I don't know why every time that I take a look of a magazine mm. and there was ladies on swimming bath, I get so nervous. Right. <laughs> right. Second thing, when we have like a yundong exercise yeah. class. Mm -hmm. And we need to take a shower. I mean, of course, everyone in their own shower. <laughs> to see all these classmates naked, I get so nervous. So I, I was like, what this is happening? On? Why yeah. this is happening? So I, I always knew. I always knew, of course. Yeah. But that was the big awakening is that. Yes. But it's, it's the education. Yeah. Education teach you, oh, this is wrong. This is okay. So it's kind of like, uh, it's kind of a torture, you know, so mm. many years that you receive those message in the media also. It's kind of like all the movies, mm -hmm. even Disney movies. I always talk about the queer coding in the Disney early movies. Yes, of course. Nobody remember that in Lion King. Scar is gay and you hate it and then it's like oh, but he's 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 my ally <laughs> right. in the new version they change it but there, yeah. there, there is a full of message and people think oh this is so uh, this is nothing this mm. is zero effect but mm -hmm. affect the mind exactly so what about art did you always know that you are an artist how would you conceptualize yourself vis-a-vis -vis art i always knew that i was a poet oh i see yes okay. i was really interested in poetry mm. since i was a child i remember i write a lot of course and i feel that from poetry I start to feel different kind of art and mediums. And of course, because of the video store, I always feel more attracted to the horror films and mm -hmm. <laughs> more like poetic films. So yes, and I think with my brother, we were always different. So we cannot cultivate that curiosity mm. that artists need to need to have. So yes, I think... I always knew, but again, in this process of understanding myself, I studied one year to be a dentist. Oh, <laughs> really? Yeah, horrible. <laughs> because I, I study with people that study medicine. The first mm. year to be a dentist and to be a doctor is the same group. <laughs> so this was in Chile? Was Chile, this Chile, after Chile. graduating from high school? Or? Yes, immediately after. Wow. Confusion years. <laughs> Yeah, I would never be a good dentist. Yeah. Wow. Mm -hmm. So if things were a little bit different, I would be speaking to Jay Triangular, the dentist. Doctor. <laughs> yeah, doctora. Doctora. Oh, no. Yeah. No, but I just resist one year. And actually that year, my friends all quit because one wanted to be a musician. The other right. was like, no, this is not for me. Hmm. But this... It's kind of the society the pressure again, you know, mm -hmm. this message. Exactly. Artists, you have to do this yeah. and mm -hmm. art is not good or. But my parents were super supportive and my brother want to study film. So the first thing that I said, get out of here. Right. <laughs> get out of Chile. Oh, meaning get out of Chile. Yeah. yeah. So he decided to study in Spain. So Espana. that's the Spanish years. Yeah. Jay Changler. 
Amazing. So your brother went first mm -hmm. and then you followed your brother to Spain. Exactly. Amazing. Yes. Where did your brother land when he went from Chile, Santiago to España all the way across? Oh yeah, it was really it was really cool because he traveled with my father first to Paris, then mm. like a little tour, a little tour in of Europe. Europe. <laughs> yeah. And then uh, Madrid. Okay. Madrid, Madrid. So he studied in this uh, school, cinema mm -hmm. school called Thai, and he loved it. So mm. he said, come, come to visit. Mm. And I immediately loved it. So I made the arrangement and started to study in Spain. Okay. So from being confused, <laughs> how did you know what to do next? Well, it was not exactly like i have many confusion mm -hmm. <laughs> so it was not directly okay i moved to to spain i also went to colombia and tried to study another thing oh wow yeah. so from chile back to bogota bogota yeah and in bogota i studied something that is called kind of social communication but i didn't like it because again in Colombia, there is these stereotypes that to be in television, you need to be really, 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 really like the stereotype of Miss Universe. Right. You know? And I didn't like because I always, again, feel more interest about the underground, the counterculture. Mm -hmm. So then my brother invited me to Spain and then I was like, OK, yeah, OK, this, this is, is it. it. Then I travel again to Chile and study another thing. No way. Hold on, hold on. So, from yes, oh my God, I'm so I'm sincere with you. Really. I know, and I love it. It's amazing. But but I mean, I think that's life, right? It's yeah. not, it doesn't always follow a linear path. Thing. I mean, I was 17. I was not, I graduated from 17. I was not, not even 18. Mm. So 17, You're enter to dentist, then 18, uh, social communication, then another thing that is close to film, but it's not yet. And then I was like, no, my path is cinema school. So finally. My parents were really happy when I, <laughs> <laughs> when I. <laughs> when you finally yeah, figured it out. Yeah, yeah. And and it's like, I always been really good in like studying and stuff. It's not like, oh, I quit all the time and I didn't put anything of my energy in this. No, right. I really, I really invest time. Mm. But it was not for me. That's the reason I'm proud of my parents. They resist. <laughs> right. So when you followed your brother, did you go to the same school as him? Yes, yes, yes. Oh, really? Same school. Same wow. School. Okay. Yes. He studied direction to be Dao, di Dao Yan. Dao Yan. Yeah. <laughs> director. Director. Okay. And I study screenwriter. Oh, that's right. So your original inspiration is poetry. Exactly. So you love language. Mm -hmm. I think was the, the path. The path mm. that I need to. And I feel if you know how to tell a story, you have a movie. Exactly. Because to be director is really easy. <laughs> Did you hear that, brother? <laughs> <laughs> no, he knows. He knows. He knows. He knows. Yeah. It's uh, Diego, right? Diego, Diego is your brother. Diego. Okay. Yes, yes. So how were those years in Madrid? was great was really inspiring and we did a lot of stuff because of course you you go to school but we are artists artists has this compulsion of 
be creative. So we make a lot of films outside of school, mm. Super 8. We make a lot of music videos mm. for bands. We were DJs. Mm. We, we do performance in a punk club. Super controversial. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> How was Madrid's art scene and punk scene and kind of underground scene at that time? It was great. It yeah. was great. Yes, yes, yes. Especially because Spain, you know, after Franco yes. has this, uh, this movement called La Movida Madrileña. So that kind of group was still... Uh, of course, it's not the original members, but it was really active still. Mm -hmm. So the punk club was related with them. The photographers of that movement go to that club. So we make a lot of good friends. We create a lot. And it's the most important thing. Mm. And artists need to be active creating. Mm -hmm. So it was really, really, really beautiful memories. Yeah. What were some of the kind of favorite projects that still are in your memory from those times? Whether they are maybe your favorite or just something that you really remember and being meaningful to you? My first film in Super 8. Oh, wow. Can you explain Super 8 to the audience? Since not everyone oh, yeah, yeah. might know what Super 8 <laughs> is. We also mentioned VHS at the top. Yeah. And some people might not know what that is anymore. So Super 8 is film, is celluloid. It's one of the tinies. So Super 8 was uh, in the 80s was kind of the, the home, home movies, the material. Mm -hmm. So each house, especially in Europe, no, not in Latin America, but mm. in, in Europe, each house in the 80s has a Super 8. So um, at the time, I was kind of uh, inspired to apply to this festival that is called Only One Shot. Oh, interesting. So it's, as the name said, you need to record in Super 8 and in Only One Shot. And then you don't see what you record. And in the day of the festival, that is a huge theater, you can see what you record. Oh, that's cool. And many other artists, when they go there, they actually, the film, they didn't record it with enough light. So you respect, you respect, but all oh, the film is, is like white. It is what it is. It's, no, it's white. It's, it's not, no, there's no image. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but luckily enough, I don't know how, because I never make a film before in Super 8. My first uh, Super 8 film, uh, it's actually in my Vimeo. I can send it to you. Okay. So it was there and it was beautiful and it was radical and mm. I love it. So I start to make a lot of experiments with Super 8. Okay. And also Spain has really good labs for Super 8. Mm. Taiwan sadly don't have labs. Mm -hmm. So you need to send the film to develop. Oh, I see. Or de digitalize. Right. To New York, most of the cases. Mm -hmm. So now I'm currently more into VHS because okay. of the, it's more easy. But in, in Spain, I practice a lot. And I purchased a camera after the festival because I used even a borrowed camera. It was not my camera. Right. So. Okay. Mm -hmm. And then I remember when we talked last time, there was also another important city in Spain, Barcelona. Barcelona. <laughs> yeah, where we have also both been. I've been to Madrid as well. So what do you think about Barcelona? Why were you in Barcelona? And what do you think about Barcelona? I love Barcelona. 
So after I finished my screenwriting program, I was interested in continue studying. So I applied for a master mm. and I get a scholarship in a SCAC. SCAC is the School of Catalonia. Oh. And it's really good. It's really good. And I actually have friends there. So that study art direction. So my brother wants to study art direction and I started to uh, study documentary. You two really are celestial twins. <laughs> yeah. Traveling around the world. Yeah. Oh, wow. So you both also went to Barcelona and studied together. Yes, yes, yes. Wow. Okay. So how many years was that? It, the masters in Spain are, in Europe in general, are really short. So mm. it's just one year, but one really nutritious year. We did a lot. So what was, what was that time like in Barcelona? It was great because the way that the master work, the entire process is you apply with an idea for mm. a documentary. If you win it in the pitching, mm -hmm. I love to do pitching. I love competition. <laughs> If you win it, the pitching, mm. the, the school produce your documentary, pay everything, mm. and then apply for festivals. And my pitching was really successful, so I win. Wow. So I, nice. my first documentary was produced by... That, that school. Okay. And what was that documentary about? Wow. Well, I always remember the presentation in Kaiser Forum. The mentor said, and now an ovni from outer space, the documentary. <laughs> I think that everything that I want to create is not like the typical. So it was really experimental documentary. So mm -hmm. it was about a young man who loved BDCM, who is kind of invited to dance with a super homophobic Italian guy. <laughs> Oh, that's an interesting concept. So, so it was kind of the idea of like how opposite can be reunited in a kind of a choreography without words. You can break barriers and stereotypes right. that you have about the other person. Why is this categorized as a documentary? Well, when I think of documentary, I'm wondering if it's a definition thing, but, you know, based on some kind of like real story. Exactly. Mm. It's because people think documentary is something that already happened. But actually, I'm interested in the documentaries that you are the one, the instigator to something happen. Nice. So I'm kind of changing the reality and documented the changing that I'm doing. So, right. it, yeah, so I think all my documentaries is about that. Well, the, the one in the series, the web series, is more about the hidden history of uh, video activism. But it, that first documentary is called Experimental Documentary because you create this situation. Situation, exactly. Right, mm -hmm. and then let it unfold mm -hmm. as it will. That's interesting. Wow. So it was produced by the school and then uh, distributed to different art festivals? Or? Yes, film festivals. Film festivals. Mm -hmm. Okay. What happened after Spain? Did you go somewhere else? Uh, well, during my time in Spain, I, I traveled a lot. Rome, Berlin, Portugal. Actually, after I present my documentary, a friend invited me like, Oh, you want to go to Portugal to a hippie festival? Okay, oh, let's no. go. <laughs> yes, I went to Portugal. Mm -hmm. Which city? Um, I forgot, but the festival is called Boom Festival. Boom. Yeah, it's quite, it's quite big. It's like after Burning Man that, well, I have my 
critics a lot of Burning Man, but mm-hmm. Boom Festival, I think it's quite good. It's quite mm. good. Quite good. <laughs> so it's this huge, 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 huge hippie huge, festival. Huge. Uh, yes, it's kind of this music jungle. There's kind of a lot of friends uh, were there, so it was good. Mm. It was good. Yeah. yeah, it's your love of music and community and art yes, all rolled yes. into one. And it was my first time in this kind of environment, so yes, I enjoy. I, I enjoy new experience. That was your first time to one of these kind of big, large musical festivals? Yes. <laughs> oh, wow, really? Oh, nice. Okay. So you traveled around Europe and then did you end up going back to Bogota? No, we decided because at that time was a huge economical crisis mm. in Spain. It was really weird because you went to stores that they sell tortilla de patata. Okay, yeah. And Potato, yeah. some <laughs> Chinese lady attend you. And said, I don't know how to make a tortilla patata. <laughs> Whoa, that's weird. So we were like, oh, Spain is <laughs> under a huge change. What was that kind of environment like for you? I so, mean, no, we decided, no, this is changing too drastically. Too <laughs> <laughs> I want my tortilla de patata. <laughs> so we decided to come back to Chile and we immediately kind of start to. Um, think, okay, we need to create a producer, producing company, producer company. So we create a producer company with my brother in Chile. Oh, nice. And then I start to get really involved in music. First, we create the first gender experimental music festival, Mm. Celestial Festival. Yeah, with uh, Genesis. Genesis is a really provocative figure, industrial music. So Celestial Festival was legendary and Mm. was uh, really important for Latin America. So after that, I... I kind of like the idea to organize concerts. Mm-hmm. So I get really into organized concerts, South American tours. Oh, wow. So it's like nine cities. So I bring Mickey Blanco. Mm. That is a really cool rapper. Pharmacon, mm-hmm. that is a noise, amazing drummer mm. from New York. And then several other artists, uh, Silver Apples. Okay. Silver Apples, uh, they are really pioneers i mean they're super good Mm -hmm. so yes i get really into organized concerts and stuff what cities were these kind of like seven city tours bogota medellin uh, sao paulo rio de janeiro wow uh, lima peru well many many (laughs) yeah all these kind of big important cities in South America and traveling around and setting up these amazing kind of musical experiences. Exactly. And it's this kind of universe that, again, what I said at the beginning is like people has this tendency that thing, Latin America, oh, they, they dance cumbia, salsa. Yes, of course. But we also have punk, really good scene of noise. So... I kind of opened that niche in these South American tours. Right. Yeah. yeah. I'm really proud. We we did something really unique. How many years did you do that? I think one, one year, two, one, two years. Okay. One to two years. And then LA. Oh, okay. <laughs> and then now we are going to Los Angeles, the city of the angels in California. Is, is it really like the city? Like, is it the city of angels or the city of uh, Scientology? Scientology. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. LA is the city of many, many things. Yeah, I mean, 
I love hate Los Angeles. It's it's difficult. It's a difficult city, but I I enjoy it. I enjoy it. I enjoy it. And was that your first time in the states? I mean, the oh, America. Yes. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yes. North America. Exactly. First time. Okay. So how did that feel for you, Los Angeles? Mm, you I, said you I, love I, and hate it. So <laughs> <laughs> let's. Well, Let's talk about some things you hate and some well, things you love. Things that I hate, I think, like you're forced to be in a car, mm. and like it, that thing, I I don't like it because mm-hmm. in Madrid I was in the most amazing neighborhood, so all the clubs were there, walking distance. So I think that for me was really like, oh, you want to go to a party, like thirty yeah. minutes traffic, mm. and, oh, like the traffic suburbs. No, I didn't like that. What I like. Well, I think LA has a really interesting Chicano culture mm-hmm. and activism. The museums are really good. Mm-hmm. So yes, the the art scene was good. Mm. And in LA, I continue organizing concerts in South America. Oh, I see. Yes, you continue yes. that work yeah. from LA. Uh huh. Yes. So actually, I only kind of resist one year and then i come back to chile oh really <laughs> yes 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 okay for another concert the one pharmacon was at that time i see it's interesting because it seems like you keep getting pulled back to to chile it's weird yeah yeah, yeah. but some tarot reader tell mm. me you need to escape from Chile because in Chile you will not find what you're searching for. Since that time, that second time that I come back to Chile, then was New York, and then I never come back to Chile. So you know, I, I, I break the curse. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Oh, wow. And that's amazing because, yeah, that is the city of my heart is uh, Nueva York, New York. New York. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. That song, Um, Alice Keys. Of course. (laughs) It's amazing. It's amazing. It encapsulates the the city very well, I think. So, So when did you first arrive in New York? Well, everything is really miraculous. Miraculous. Because... I was in Colombia at the time, in Medellin. Okay. So I have this kind of... Because when I was in LA, everybody noticed that I was like, what is this? Mm, (laughs) So people said, your city is New York. So I was like, yeah. And it's weird because my mother always told me that when I was a children, Mm. I always said, oh, I want to live in New York. That's so random. It's like, why a children would say that? Yeah. Children, oh, I want to be an astronaut. I want to live in New York. Right. I want to be a dentist in New York. Yeah. Oh, no. oh, that's no, cruel. That's cruel. <laughs> <laughs> so, so at the time in Medellin, I was kind of like, okay, I want to go to New York, but I want I don't want to go and do nothing. I want to apply to a art residency. At that time, it was also my first art residency. Oh, wow. Yeah. In New York City. That's yes. impressive. So I was like, okay, my first art residency. I don't know where to search. Right. I didn't, I didn't have a I clue. Hmm. And suddenly, that's the miraculous part. I have a friend. He's really, he's in heaven now. But his name is Ryan Walsh. He's super cool. He's mm. a bass player. Uh, he used to play for Glenn Branca Ensemble. Please Google Glenn Branca. It's yeah. another world. He's an avant-garde artist okay. who is interested to make music that kind of reveal the subconscious mind. He was part of the No Wave in New York. So he has an ensemble mm-hmm. and he was part of Glenn Branca Ensemble. So Ryan Walsh 
was fundamental figure because he knows that I was doing these kind of South American tours. He was really interested in because I was kind of uh, making these places, kind of show also that South America is not only cumbia salsa. Mm-hmm, right. <laughs> Vallenato. <laughs> yes. So uh, he actually, one year ago, went to South America and make a compilation of all punk, underground sounds, rock, noise in South America. And Mm. that compilation is called South America is part of the problem. Oh, interesting. So it was kind of really, we have really a lot of things in common. Mm. And he said, hey, I noticed that you you are searching like an art residency in New York. What about this? And it was like, Black's Factory. We are searching for avant-garde emerging artists who are interested in experience in New York, in an art residency, affordable price, print shop, wood shop. And I was like, what? Whoa. So it's like, okay. And I apply and they, okay, interview. Then I just like have the interview and I get it. So was thanks to Ryan Walls. Thanks to Ryan. Rest yeah. in peace. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you made it to New York City. The Flux Factory, uh, I believe, is located in Long Island City. Queens. In Queens. Queens. So what year was this? 2017. Okay. I am really bad. So so am I. So am I. (laughs) So around 2017, you... Yeah. Oh, no, 2016, I think. Okay. 2016, yeah. 2016. This is your first art residency. My first art residency. In the great city of New York City. Mm-hmm. So how was this experience? Well, well, I arrived to Flux Factory. So is this factory, it's a literally factory. It mm-hmm. was a print factory. But it's so cool because the artists, the pioneer artists, the original artists, build their own studios. So all their studios are real DIY. With all the respect, I think Flux Factory is the combination between a mental institution and a punk squad that's a great they should use that for their marketing (laughs) who are we (laughs) and imagine it's 20 people 20 artists 20 artists in a mental institution (laughs) 20 artists from all over the world it's a really impressive experience yeah (laughs) and did you all live inside the factory itself well, or no? Yes. I will give you this <laughs> this yeah, this confession. Yeah, we live right. there. Wow. But at the time we we were not able to say that we live there. Right. Yeah. yeah. We'll be breaking that, the law. Exactly. Mm-hmm. That was very transgressive of you guys. <laughs> <laughs> but it was great. It was great because not all the time you live and share everything with artists from all over the world. Mm. So I make really like long-standing friendships right. and collaboration mm. and platonic loves, of course. Mm, of course. <laughs> and my future love. Right. <laughs> right, right, right. At that time, my future, my present love. Yes. So let's talk about love. Yeah, <laughs> my favorite subject. Yes. So you found love in New York City. Yes. Sounds yeah. like a song. It's so weird because people said, no, the only thing that you don't find in New York the is only, love. Exactly. <laughs> because really people have problems too. Like, I mean, everyone is polyamorous. Mm. So that's another thing. Yeah. So if you are, <laughs> you are all 
it's fun okay be polyamorous but that's the thing that people kind of have difficulties to connect right it's, it's kind of weird because you have a lot of contact with people but connection is like a really deep connection yeah it's really difficult so well one day so that's the the good thing of this flux factory every three months every two months the artist changed. Okay. I was there still. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't want to change. Right. So, so new artists arrived. Nice. The so one morning, the, the, the ring sound. The doorbell The doorbell. The doorbell. The doorbell. Okay. So I get down. Da, 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 and there was this beautiful, so tender, visibly uh, known from here, known from the United States, mm -hmm. artist with a huge packet. Her name was Anan Chen. Mm. So I said, oh, you're the new artist. Oh, you, because they kind of give us the, the little bio before mm. the artist arrive. Oh, mm -hmm. you're from Taiwan. Oh, amazing. So I tried to help her with her packet, but I'm not so strong. <laughs> <laughs> She's really strong. She's a sculptor. So she said, oh, oh no, don't worry. I can't. So she she wore glasses. I mm. have fetish for glasses. You have a glass <laughs> fetish. <laughs> yeah, it's so weird. But I think I don't know. I think it's because my mama wore glasses. <laughs> mm. So the thing is that I didn't believe in love at first sight. You know, I think that it's kind of a social construct. But right. I do feel something different this time. Mm. It was like impressively something like. So, okay, so I guide her to her studio. I told her, oh, I've been here, you know, I sleep in that bed. And she was like, what? <laughs> Why are you saying this to me? But it's true. I, another friend was there. I sleep, same bed, nothing happened, just mm. friends. Mm -hmm. So that first night, well, that was the morning, no? So the entire day I cannot thinking, oh, this new artist is special. So I decided to Google Taiwanese cinema. <laughs> Oh, interesting. Okay. So I discovered Edward Young. Oh my goodness. That same day, I started to watch all Edward Young and my studio was really close to the shower and the, the bathroom. So I put all volume. <laughs> <laughs> so when she passed, just in case she she'll be hear, like, oh, she like Edward Young. <laughs> yeah. But at the time she didn't know Edward Young. So I oh, introduced funny. her to Edward Young. Oh, wow. Yes, that's yes. hilarious. That happens a lot. That actually. was so beautiful because at the same time, I fell in love with the new way, mm. the Taiwanese cinema, and from a Taiwanese artist. So it was... Wow. <laughs> it was miraculous again. Yes, yes, yes. It was beautiful. It was beautiful. Both of you lived there together for... It's separate studios. Separate mm. studios. It's, okay. it's, it's still really separate. <laughs> it's not like orgy. <laughs> All the artists right. need to interact. No, no, yeah. no. Separate studios. And it's quite big. It's a factory. So mm. not all the time you you interact with the artist. And it's New York. Everybody has such a Everyone's busy, busy life. Busy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, at the time, this is quite controversial, but she has a girlfriend. So oh. was like, okay, uh -oh, this is prohibited. But you love competition. <laughs> <laughs> this is something far too rich. Forbidden love. Forbidden, yeah. 
But we became really good friends. We start to um, talk because it has a really beautiful rooftop, mm. the factory. Nice. So yes, he's, he's kind of like, of course you, you see all, all the places, his buildings, but there's like a, the train. So, okay. oh, the train, something to talk about the train. Yeah. <laughs> so now we became really close friends especially because she's uh, such a good listener. I remember they have this kind of introduction of the new artist, Fluxacucha. So she showed... Fluxacucha, <laughs> like a pecha kucha. <laughs> Something like yeah, that. Yeah, okay, okay. So yeah. she showed her sculptures. Mm. And that day, I was like, no, this is not love of her side. This is just pure love. <laughs> oh, wow. Because... Of course, it's 20 artists. Of course, you don't admire 20 artists. Mm -hmm. You admire one the or truth two. Is, yeah, exactly. Some gringo art. No, I'm sorry. I don't like your cupcakes. <laughs> yep. Oh, the controversial. Different, different cupcakes <laughs> for different people. Exactly. Yes, yes, yep. yes. But her art was... It blew you away. Really sensational. Really? I never see such a... And it's a sculpture. A sculpture is not something easy. You need to have a right. real talent. Definitely. She she studied in uh, California College of Arts. Uh, Cal Arts? Uh, no, no, no. It's, oh, not Cal. Okay. It's, it's the, oh, upstate. I mean, San Francisco. Yes. San okay. Francisco. Really, yep. really, really, really amazing mm -hmm. school. So, I mean, her art was so beautiful, so impressive. So, mm. I, I fell in love with her art also. Can you talk a little bit about her art? What kind of sculptures she does she do? She makes sculpture mainly in clay. So it's a really difficult material. And Very hands-on. At, at the time, she was basing like a small gestures and like process. So it's really um, realistic sculpture, but with a really subtle, queer... Like, yes, yes. She mm. loves Felix Gonzalez Torres. Mm. You can Google it. Uh, yeah, <laughs> I will. Felix Gonzalez Torres is a Cuban artist that was based in New York. Feliz. Gonzalez Torres. Gonzalez Torres. And, and all her art is really about small moments, subtle and really poetical. Hmm. So I think uh, her sculptures are also kind of has those elements. Hmm. Nice. So this it's was super cool. That, that the one is like he put these candies so everyone can take a candy. And actually this one, the green one. No, this one, the candies. Oh, this is candy. Uh, dear audience, we are uh, watching Felix Gonzalez Torres' piece of the candies. Yep. So he actually, after his death, the company mm. is like, every time that you reproduce his piece, mm -hmm. the company need to fabricate the candies and people can take it home. So we still have two candies of Felix Gonzalez Torres. So it's really poetical, you know, it's, it's not something that, oh, this is so queer, you know, it's like, oh, you're, no, it's really subtle. Kind of, she opened my mind to conceptual art. These candies are fabricated, meaning, are they real candies that you a can real, eat? Real, real. Oh, and they, and he also produced them all for each show or, I mean, he made them or... He has a kind of like um, alliance okay. with uh, the producer of the candy. Okay. But the candy actually represent the weight of life, the weight of love. So wow. every person that take it, if you eat it, well, you're eating the weight of life. <laughs> I don't know if you want to That's eat heavy. it. It's heavy. You're consuming that. Yeah. Okay. So we actually just took a restroom break. <laughs> we 
because we are going deep and we are drinking coffee because coffee is wonderful. Amazing. Yes, coffee is very nice on a nice uh, hot day. It's actually not as hot as it usually is, but nice iced coffee for a hot day. And talking about consuming the weight of life. It's a perfect metaphor. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know this Felix Gonzalez Torres, this art reminds me of Ai Weiwei. Have you seen, do you oh, know yes. Ai Weiwei? Yeah. And have you seen his uh, Sunflowers? Uh, exhibition. I think it was in the Tate Museum um, oh. in England. Their whole gallery was filled with sunflower seeds. And I think his team produced those sunflower seeds by hand. Mm. Every single one of those sunflower seeds are made by hand. So. I really like Ai Weiwei. I see it with him in the exhibition. Whoa, yeah. that's super cool. Super Wow, where? In, in New York, because uh, I'm part of the collection mm. of the Asian American Art Center. Oh, oh yes. So they organize an exhibition and I in was Upper there. East Side. I think so. I was not there, but my piece was there. Oh, no way. I might have, I might have seen it mm. because <laughs> at that center, I, I actually think that might have been my first Ai Weiwei exhibition. I believe they might have had some other artists there at that time. And it was about his photography while he was living in New York City because he was a student at the New School. He studied at the New School in New York City. And during that time, he, of course, loves photography and he was taking photographs. Um, and he actually has a lot of very interesting photographs of people in the art scene at that time. Um, some of the beat poets in their dormitories at Columbia University. So yeah, that was an amazing exhibition. That's amazing. Our paths might have crossed. I might have seen <laughs> one of your works there. Yes, it's a work that we make in collaboration with uh, one of my best friends. Mm. Her name is Miss Expanding Universe. That's her poet name. Okay. And performer, Ashley Jan Thompson. And we make this project that is kind of like a video diary. So every day in our time in New York, we record a video poem every day. Then at the end, it's like long, long, long tapes. Mm -hmm. uh, the full project is the one hour but we divide it in poems mm -hmm. and one of the poems is part of the collection of the asian american art archive and actually that project because um the, the big lauban mm. <laughs> robert lee big boss yep. love 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 that project he recommended us to another exhibition in the asian art museum in mm -hmm. san francisco okay so we exhibit there it's called after hope videos of resistance and this year in documenta documenta 15 oh, wow thanks to that recommendation oh very cool so out of all of these art genres you know because it seems that you kind of put your hands in a lot of different genres chameleon yes yeah. so chameleon, what chameleon. is kind of the <laughs> one that is closest to your heart is there one that's the closest to your heart or is it that you really like to just kind of experiment with all kinds of things and push boundaries? Yes, I think that you cannot limit yourself with the medium. Mm -hmm. You need to explore different mm. mediums. But I love video. Mm. <laughs> the immediacy of video. Video is, is really fun for me. It's really fun. It reminds you of your childhood in the video <laughs> store. In the video store, exactly. <laughs> huh, so New York City, how long did you stay there? One year. Okay, so it's just a one year residency. One year residency. <laughs> 
<laughs> when it usually artists stay three months for me one year yep. <laughs> trying to find as many new people coming as possible but you you did it you stayed long <laughs> enough to find Anan your love yes yes after I met Anan she invited me to Taiwan and mm. that was the reason I was like yes Oh. Well, in between, we became partners. <laughs> right. <laughs> she, she and her other So you won the competition with the... Well, <laughs> yes. I mean, I kind of like... I didn't intervene, but uh, yes, I, I was like... <laughs> love happened. Well, in New York, I love to... It's super weird, but when you're in New York, it's like all your favorite artists are exhibited at the same time. It's mm. like something really magical happened. So I remember... Um, we went, and actually that was our first non-official date, to Anthology Film Archive, mm -hmm. to these videos from No Wave, the, the bands, mm -hmm. and this band Suicide that I love. Oh, I will send you links. Okay. Are really amazing. Where are they from? New York. Okay. New York, New York. New York. Yeah, okay. yeah. So I really like this kind of experience, like the artists, the piece, I mean, this kind of close circle. Mm. In New York, there's not so much like, oh, you, you're an artist, you're so far away. No, everything is really close. And for me, it was also really cool because I kind of uh, work in a church projecting mm. my visuals in Greenpoint. So I met a lot of musicians. So it was really, really good. Every night, different artists. Uh, I collaborate with M. Lamar, that is really controversial. I make friends with Cody Pop. Then we mm. make a video clip together. Mm. So, and it's really beautiful to project in a church. It's such a different environment. Was it an active church or a kind of decommissioned church? No, it's an active church. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like uh, rented for this event. Okay. But they, they don't have any kind of sensor. Right. And at that time, my visuals were really <laughs> were really uh, intense. pushing those boundaries. <laughs> Yeah, but I think that's the interesting thing about New York City, where you can actually find a lot of kind of radical or very open-minded churches yeah. with a long history of kind of resistance. and. I love it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay, so it looks like we are now to the Taiwan leg of your story. So we found <laughs> out the back story that you fell in love with Anan. -An. Did she invite you to Taiwan or how did you end up here in Taiwan? Yes, it was kind of like a invitation or a goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> wow. So yes, it was like yes or no. You want to continue this bond that we create Mm. Oh, this is just New York. So I said, no, I'm coming. <laughs> wow. So, so you really had to make that decision. Yes. Between yes, of course. staying in New York. It's or... a big decision. But I mean, no, it's an easy decision. Oh, wow. That's love. <laughs> yeah. So, so at the time, because I was in New York, so I cannot apply for a tourist visa. I don't remember why, but it was more complicated. So I have a friend. Zan Hu, he's a filmmaker, Taiwanese. He has the great idea, like, oh, but I'm organizing like a multimedia event, a festival. Why you don't exhibit in Taipei? I was like, of course, yeah, let's yeah, do it. So he, he write a letter for me. We show it in the um, Taiwanese office in New right. York. Yeah. I remember it was really funny because it was a Mandarin letter. So I show it and the, the lady in, 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 the, in the visa said, this is in Mandarin. How do you know that 
you are being sell to this lady, Anan Chen, and you don't know how to read. So you can sell in the market in Taiwan. I was like, oh my God, no, no, this is just an <laughs> invitation to exhibit. I said, no, 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 this needs to be in English. So, oh, that's oh, funny. Yes. <laughs> you went too far on that one. Yeah. <laughs> but it was really easy. And then I, I get that visitor visa right. for an exhibition. Okay. So that was your first foray into Taiwan. Yes. And because of that, I met other friends in the film industry. Mm. And after, well, at that time, I, I just came three months. Oh, no, like one month. Because mm. then we went to Korea. Yeah, we, oh, nice. we have friends there in okay. Seoul. So we just like a little bit of tour. And An then... East Asian tour. Yeah, yeah. And then, but then I went to Colombia. So oh, it was wow. like... Oh, wow. And then back to Colombia. Back. <laughs> Full circle. Yeah. Wow. Really was, around the world. It was beautiful. Yeah. Did and you exhibit also in South Korea or? No, no, no. South Korea was pure fun, pure okay. visiting friends. How was Korea to you? I love Korea. Mm, I yeah. love Korea. I have I so many of my best friends from Korea. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Seoul is, it looks like people are really cold, but no, mm. it's just like, go to your heart. Yes. Like mocha. Like mocha. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> the doggy. <laughs> Huh. So that was your first time in Taiwan, but now you are here and you are a gold card holder. So yes. you can be here for three years. Yes, actually, it's my second gold card. Oh, yeah. Oh, you're one of them. There's <laughs> one yeah, of them. The second there's not gold too card. many who have gotten the second gold card. Oh, really? I believe so. Though I, th yeah, you are a pioneer, I believe. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So this is your second. Yes. So now it's how many years have you been here? Um, the thing is like the first time that I get the gold car, I travel a lot with Anand. Mm. It was like New York, Japan, then COVID. Oh, <laughs> so, yes. the, so I think like really from the calendar or five years in Taiwan. Okay. Four years, four years. So tell us about Taiwan. What does Taiwan mean to you? How do you feel about Taiwan? How is it influencing your professional or personal journey? Before I came to Taiwan, I just know the Taiwan of the Tsai Miliang films. So when I visited Taiwan, it was like living this cinematic world and I love it. And I feel really connected because, of course, I love New York, but I feel New York is so competitive. And that competition sometimes makes the artists be really, like, violent mm -hmm. <laughs> for opportunities. Mm -hmm. And I think that, because it's a ego, ego mm -hmm. fight, Yeah, I think ego kind of make your creativity not uh, expand. But Taiwan is the opposite, I think. Taiwan is my base laboratory where I can fully go deep in the ideas that I want to develop in my films. So mm. Taiwan is my home. It's your home. <laughs> so do you think you will stay here for... For, for life? Forever? <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't know. I don't know. Mm. Of course, uh, I want to, but I know that because my first feature film is a trilogy. <laughs> oh, I see. So, nice. So, of course, um, Anne, Anne, my, my partner, she's the art director. Mm. My brother is the art director also. 
So this trilogy, I won the first in Taiwan, the second in Colombia, and the third in Chile. Oh, so wow. I know that in the future, of course, always Taiwan, but traveling a lot with this project. Oh wow! Okay, so can we talk about this feature film? Oh yeah, so exciting! <laughs> yeah, this will be your first feature film. Yes, yes, yes. Okay, so it's a big one. Yeah, before I was like, oh, like I kind of fight against this kind of film festival system because I was more into video art, experimental cinema, but at the same time. I don't know. I start to feel, okay, I make documentaries, short documentaries, short films, video art. I need to make my feature film. And then I start with this idea. My project is called The Ocean Journey. The Ocean Journey. Journey. Uh-huh. Okay. So I was thinking, okay, what kind of movie I want to tell? For me, it was important, all my previous project in activism. Mm-hmm. Because I realized that, first of all, there is such a few films about women living with HIV that I was like, okay, one of the characters is a woman living with HIV. So I will give you my logline. Mm. The ocean journey. Love is the most powerful tool for an exorcism. Whoa. <laughs> Love is the most powerful tool for an exorcism. Yeah. That's a great logline. Uh, yeah. I teach loglines to my students. That's a good one. Everyone pay attention. Yeah. They, I grab you. You grab my attention. <laughs> so uh, basically the character is a woman living with HIV. Well, the story is about T. T is a non-binary identity that she, they, sorry, misgender my character. They are under addiction. They are addicted to heroin. The first scene is basically they are escaping from this past that mm. is, is kind of metaphorically and literally. And they, by accident, they met with this battle nut seller. That is Shui. Beetle nut. Yeah. Yes. Bing Lan. Bing Lan. It's a perfect uh, Taiwan story. <laughs> yeah. And okay. then not only because of Met Shui, they start to think, I want to change. I want to like kind of because they are escaping for something. And also someone that is really important is Big Sister 13. That is a exile Hong Kong Kung Fu master that is living with HIV. So it's Whoa. the story of these three characters. <laughs> that's amazing. Yeah, I get really excited about the project because it's really fun. <laughs> yeah, that sounds like fun. Mm-hmm. So where are you in the stage right now? Well, actually now I win a plaza in this, uh, it's called Film Development Program. It's okay. a UK organization called Beers Eye View. And thanks to Women Make Wave International Film Festival, because they co-organize this film development. So it's quite cool because I already finished my script, but they guide you in all like how to reach producers, how to find the most interesting distribution, sales, agent. The last session I have um, a script consultant and it's a really good one. She helped me a lot with my logline and stuff. She also liked the, the logline. Every session 
mm. kind of they tackle different parts of the story and the process. So my goal is to start shooting the movie next year. Okay, shooting the movie next year, and all of the shooting will take place in Taiwan. Taiwan is a Taiwanese story. Yeah. So, do you know about the location? Yes, I wonder because uh, the Bingland like business. There's a lot in Taoyuan, actually. Yeah, that's true. Actually, yeah. So, of course, I want to record some part in Taoyuan, mm -hmm. but also in Taipei. Mm. In Taipei, it's more the martial arts center, the Big Sister 13, train mm. their gang because she has a gang of ladies and non-check. <laughs> no way, really? Yes. So, it's wow, that's amazing. <laughs> so, it's going to have a lot of action as well. Yes, I want that be kind of a, a mixture mm. with, I love musical elements, mm -hmm. like literal musical, like yeah, a like Milan. <laughs> right, 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 yeah. But I also love terror. So it will have Musical this terror. <laughs> a lot of elements. Yes, because for me, addiction mm. is something that you can talk about from a, like a, the perspective of like how scary can be, mm -hmm. you know? And I think I never watch a movie that, Talk about addiction in a not like moralist. It's scary is not the same as moralist. It's right. more like, well, you need to watch it, but exactly. it's, it's, it's horror. It's horror. <laughs> it reminds me of like train spotting, maybe. Mm, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Train spotting has some um, scenes. <laughs> the some, baby, uh, the baby yeah, scene. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> mm, yeah. That's a good, uh, it's a good reference. Yeah. Heroin and mm -hmm. quite a bit of terror or darkness, anyways. Yeah. This is an excellent, excellent reference. I also love uh, Sion, Sion Sono, mm. Japanese director. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah. I, I think he has this way that is really fun. I mm. want that kind of, my movie has that kind of vibe, that spirit. Yes. Yeah, so. Searching for producers. <laughs> oh, really? Okay, so calling for talented <laughs> producers out there? Yes, yes, yes. Because I know this film development program will help me to mm. find producers. But I also want not only UK producers, Taiwanese and Colombia. Of course, I want Colombia invest in this, right. this movie. So the first of the trilogy will be in Taiwan. The second will be in Colombia. And then the third will be in, in that order in Chile. In Chile. Yes. yes okay. Yes. Okay. Mm -hmm. And how are they going to be connected? Can you talk about that or? Yes, I think that all are connected to my spiritual journey because the first one, Taiwan, I'm here. It's like all mm -hmm. the memories are so fresh. The second, Colombia, because I kind of feel like I need to, I need to. I want to be based in more like a... Afro communities and also the line of the music and those tradition, also queer. All the trilogies super queer. Right. <laughs> nice. So why addiction? Why addiction? Mm, so interesting. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, th I think this is really personal, but at the mm. same time universal. I think in the art world, addiction are really present. Yes. And also, I think there is kind of this message that people receive that artists need to be kind of destructive and stuff. So I think in the past, I believed those things, you know. Mm. So I feel in the past, I was really kind of into feel that kind of craziness inside of me. But I don't think it's a healthy craziness. It's more like a, it, it was really like damaging for me. Destructive craziness. Alcohol. 
Oh, alcohol is like one of the most powerful drugs on the planet. Yes. Most people don't so realize that. So I'm a sober, sober mm. non-binary. But I do think two years. Mm. But I do think that alcohol in my community, in the queer community, and not only alcohol, other kind of drugs, queer people has the tendency to find refuge in this. So I feel it's important to have a movie that tell this experience. Mm -hmm. Because also addicts, people who have used from substance, they are highly stigmatized. Yes. So for me, it's important, like, oh, you, you cannot just judge them without knowing where they are coming from. Exactly. So I think this movie has these kind of elements that make you feel empathy mm. for these this characters. So yeah, that's, that's the reason why I want to talk about addiction. Because mm. yeah, I, I think it's difficult to say when a person is addicted or, or is not, mm -hmm. you know. But I do right. think that in the queer community, especially, we need to have like more care because... Mm. Especially, for example, trans community, many members are like expelled from their houses. So, so Excommunicated well, by yeah, the community. exactly. Mm -hmm. So I feel it's important to bring those stories to light. So. Right. Mm -hmm. You mentioned many in the queer community seek refuge in those drugs. Mm -hmm. And a lot of your art focuses around stigmatization and you've mentioned HIV and I know you've had a lot of work with HIV and AIDS education. Why is that so important to you? And what does that mean to you? The question. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, in Chile, I used to have this really close friend. He was my best friend. His name was uh, Ricardo Lea. Okay. He was an actor and we immediately connect because when I was in Spain, I traveled to Chile, like, because at that time my family was there and I, we, we became friends. And I want to tell this because it's really important. We share experience with LSD mm, mm -hmm. <laughs> and all the times was not so many, just three times, but all really powerful for me. On all these three experiences, I really felt that I was him. That mm. kind of things that happen that you really feel like you're not only Jay Triangular, you're also Ricardo Lea. This connection was really important. So this friend, he was living with HIV. But at that time, he was really kind of a negationist. Mm -hmm. Negative, pessimistic? No, 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 okay. no, no. Basically, sadly, mm. in Latin America, I think there is like this, this phenomenon that people don't talk about it. And it's like sometimes the stigma is so strong that people have the tendency to kind of say, it. no, but you know, I hear people saying this. HIV is a conspiration of the United States. Mm. You mm -hmm. know? Right. So he actually showed me this documentary that is really damaging. I think that YouTube should totally censor this documentary. Well, there's people who say, no, come on, no censor. No, mm. but, but it's really damaging. Mm. So it basically denied the connection between HIV and AIDS. Huh. So my friend really believed that he was a man living with HIV, but he will never get to AIDS. Because, mm. well, most people don't know HIV is the virus. AIDS is the, it's a terminal state. Right. So, well, my friend was living with HIV. So then uh, we were really close and we decided to travel to the Amazon. Mm. <laughs> because he think that he really want to have a really profound experience mm -hmm. with ayahuasca. 
Ayahuasca, so the <laughs> Amazonas here, in here. South America. Peru, Peru. In Peru, yes. Peru, Peru. So when we traveled there, in it was Iquitos. Iquitos, Iquitos. Sí, okay. Again, really weird stuff happened. Weird, mm. weird, 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 weird thing. For example, he traveled from Chile to Iquitos, but first he need to pass for Lima. Okay, of course. Yes. The so in Lima, he take a taxi. The taxi steal everything that he has threw him in the feet of a giant virgin sculpture a virgin mary no way so he got into a taxi he yeah. got robbed he got and robbed. was thrown at the feet of like virgin mary yes, yes, no. yes. so then he was like what is happening <laughs> the good luck for so him before the ayahuasca, this, <laughs> before the ayahuasca, before the ayahuasca. <laughs> this sounds like a trip yes, yes, yes. It, it, it started before you know yeah. I, I do think it's kind of this calling you know the ayahuasca has this kind of process that you need to kind of because you you need to have a preparation right yes. so be vegetarian the diet right so then well the other friend that he's from peru he kind of helped him of course because we were traveling together so he, mm. he adopted him mm. so but my friend already bought the tickets for iquito so he just stayed one night with my other friend and my other friend will travel the next morning mm. so my friend arrived first to iquitos I was not there yet. And then he was waiting for me and he fell asleep. When he opened his eyes, there was this guy that, you know, Iquitos is a kind of spiritual center, you know. Definitely. There's a lot of foreigners who travel there. Exactly. A lot of gringos out there. Yeah, European. <laughs> More silly. Ah, no, no, it's okay. Respect. <laughs> <laughs> so the thing is that you just wake up and see this shaman. It was obviously a shaman, a medicine man. But it was really special because it was all black. Mm. So he said to him, be careful, young man, because death is searching for you. Death, death. is searching for you. That's death. what the shaman said. That was the shaman said. Then he was like shocked, and then I arrived. Hi, how are you? <laughs> <laughs> so he was he was really touched by those words. So wow, if you really think that you need to try ayahuasca for all these things that were circulating. Mm -hmm. So then was the ceremony. And a lot of things happen, like me escaping. <laughs> no way. Yeah, I don't know why I did it, but it's okay. So the thing is, like, it's in the Amazon. So yeah. it's, a, it's a cavern in okay. the Amazon. Of course, you need to walk to go there. Of course, I'm really careful because I'm a woman mm. traveling to the Amazon yep. to a some stories ritual of, yeah. that involve that you lose completely your conscience. Of course, you cannot do it like, okay, Craig Lee's shaman in Iquitos. No. <laughs> right. So it was yeah. a shaman friend of uh, another shaman that I met in Chile. Mm. And actually that shaman was there at the time. The, oh, wow, the Chilean, the Chilean shaman. I didn't know, came. I didn't know. I was like, hi. <laughs> oh, no way, by chance. By chance, but he's, he's a really kind person. So I, f I feel really safe. Okay. So the ceremony was in a closed space because of course you need to control the people, especially the white or red. Yes. <laughs> So, well, the ceremony starts and the first instruction is please don't abandon the cabin. <laughs> that was the first instruction. <laughs> the first instruction. <laughs> but suddenly it was some like, I need to get out of here. I need to hug the earth. 
<laughs> oh, sorry. So I would just like we start. Of course, the first fifty minutes is the pure DMT, of mm -hmm. course, the vision, the beautiful serpent. It was not my first time, so kind of I cannot okay, so know. Okay, so this wasn't your first time. No, my first time was in Chile. Oh, with the the chaman that oh. was there. Okay. In the mountain. Okay. And that's the reason why my friend wanted I traveled with him to the Amazon because right. he he know that I already has the experience of you can try guide it. him a bit. Yes, especially because a lot of people is afraid that they can develop like a schizophrenia or something. Yeah. But well, I tried like twelve times. I'm here. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Don't be afraid. So mm -hmm. the thing is that of course the chaman was like guiding the Icaros that are the oh, Amazon. The Icaros are so beautiful super important so important and then i was like i'm i'm suffocating i need to run so i started to run and i went to the earth and i just lay down and then i started to have these visions that were really important because at the time I was really considering like living really in the amazon and become a medicine woman <laughs> <laughs> But in this vision, I realized, no, through the art, you can become that, that kind of being that you want to be. Mm. So it was really kind of the answer that I was searching for. And then my friend came and they said, oh, they are searching for you. <laughs> wow. So we just like hold hands and say, but it's beautiful here. <laughs> <laughs> then, of course, the Chilean chaman came so mad you cannot do this this is really dangerous something can happen to you i was mm. like no it's just like i feel the calling well it was fine no problem and it was really uh, important experience mm. in that ceremony i also have a vision about alcohol oh interesting it was really really i think this can help a lot of people so the message was Alcohol is still all your magic secret. Alcohol is stealing all your magic secrets. Yes, yes, yes. That was the vision you got exactly. on ayahuasca uh -huh. in the so middle of the Amazons. I started to feel, yes, it's true, because in the past, when I used to drink, I feel like I talk more. Of course. <laughs> <laughs> but I talk things that are, was kind of part of my essence. Mm. So alcohol in every bit of poison was kind of extracting that extracting that, that magical magic, mana yeah. from you uh -huh. that power so it was really powerful for me that message but i still continue thinking after that after, <laughs> it took a little while <laughs> but, but, yes it's a process now exactly. i'm happy it's over yeah but at that time no but i think it's sometimes you receive the message but you your mind is not prepared you need time to process yes it. exactly yeah. And, but my friend, I asked him like, oh, how was your experience? And he said like, yeah, it was really good. I mean, at the time I didn't know that he was HIV positive. Even. Oh, okay. But then he was like, really like, thank you. This was really good. And we have a vision together actually, mm. when we were holding hands. We also understand that, yes, Ayahuasca is super, it's, it's a really powerful, mm -hmm. like a journey. But actually, you can reach that state of mind through meditation. Mm. So after Peru, we are, um, is uh, Vipassana, do you hear about? No. 10 days of silence and meditation. In Peru? 
No, no, no. We traveled to Chile and we did it. Okay. <laughs> wow. Yes. That's a 10-day like retreat. Yes. Like a silent I, I retreat. I recommend it. It's so amazing. It's called yeah, Vipassana. Okay. It's for free because it's kind of one of the conditions. You you can give like a small donation. Amount, donation, right. exactly. But it's so important to be all day meditating wow. in silent. It's like yeah, it's a silent yeah. meditation. And retreat. actually, they mention don't feel afraid if you feel that you are under some medicinal plant or ayahuasca because. Your mind can take you there. I was like, mm. okay, it's not only me. <laughs> I was like feeling like I watching color. I was like, yes. Yeah, so it's, no way. So were you really hallucinating? Were you able? Yes, to? yes, yes. It's a true statement. And I'm not a professional. Like, oh yes, I meditate a lot. No, I think meditation is really important. Mm -hmm. Yes, different kind of meditation because I do think prayers are meditation. Mm. So, so yes, with my friend, we, we share that experience. And mm -hmm. and then after, I mean, we practice several things, yoga, the, the one, uh, Bikram, you know? Bikram like yoga, oh wow, really? <laughs> super, super <laughs> controversial. I know. That, that do this accuse of several things. People say it's a cult. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, yes. yes. I, I cannot, cannot touch a little part of cult. Right. <laughs> so... After that was when he suddenly, her mother called me and told me, well, he cannot stand up. He's really bad. So he was in an eighth, eighth in, uh, wow, state. in that stage. So all this experience that we shared together and all this process that I consider, I mean, it was not necessary that he entered to an eighth state. Because mm. the reason is that because he don't believe that he can possibly reach uh, it's uh, he didn't start any 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 treatment so for me his deterioration was super fast and then when he died i was like no i mean this cannot happen to other person that mm. i that i love mm. so that's when my activism start wow because i feel it's kind of my duty mm. my duty of course i feel like wow if i have the tools that i have now the education that I have now about HIV AIDS, I will tell him, start the treatment. I Okay, I cannot say I understand the stigma because I am HIV negative, mm -hmm. but I'm with you, I support you, and I want that you have plenty of new adventures with me. Mm. You know? So I think that my activism is kind of uh, helping the new friends that I'm building, the, the relations that, I'm, that I care about, and many people, because they need to, they need to have those support systems. Mm. Is this related to that story I read in an interview of yours about a story related to stigma in a hospital? Oh, with, yes. <laughs> is this yes, a related yes, yes. story? It, yes, it's actually related because in the hospital, mm. a Catholic hospital, mm -hmm. private hospital. In Chile? In Chile. Okay. Yeah. Uh, at the time, I was with my ex-girlfriend and she just like kissed me, but it was really tender. It was not, well, come on, we were sad about right. my friend. It was right. not something passionate. And two nurses passed and said like, oh, you know, this is the reason. This is the reason you are like this. This is the reason how you end you know, oh, your friend. <gasps> damn. Imagine nurses. Wow. So people need to be educated. 
right. sensitivity. There is, there's called that sensitivity training mm -hmm. for hospitals. Right. They really need it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So what do you think are the biggest kind of challenges, you know, when you are doing your art or activism or artivism related to stigma? What do you think are kind of the remaining obstacles and challenges? I think something really important is that, of course, my project tackle the, the stigma, right? Mm. But something really important is first recognize the self-stigma that is there. Mm. You know? mm -hmm. So because it's not only society, it's also sometimes the person cannot feel like even, for example, Taiwan is really a complex country because Taiwan has HIV criminalization laws. Mm, I didn't know that. Okay. You know what that means? Like mm. you, the person living with HIV need to, is forced to disclose their state. That's super, super, super problematic. Right. This is a, the system of oppression. Right. Perpetuating system of oppression. So I think that that kind of laws make people living with HIV feeling so, so, so much stigma. Mm. So I think that's the first thing that with social workers, it's all a, a, a supportive team, like help them to kind of understand that they are valuable, that the people love them, that they need to love uh, themselves. themselves, exactly. Right. So, for example, we have this first class that is changing the script, you know? Mm, yeah, reframing the story. Yes, change it's the script. like what kind of things you tell yourself. Mm. So I think all those kind of exercises are really important. And for me, if you can deal with these issues that you kind of repress and all these things that you said to yourself, that's a really important big step for society also mm. be able to change. Mm-hmm. Do you see hope in terms of Taiwan kind of changing those things like the criminalization? Yes, I think so. I, I, I think there's uh, many, many good activists here mm. and all they are focused on that. And mm -hmm. Taiwan is a really like is it's an amazing country. So I do think that you can change those policies mm. because, for example, at the beginning, it was all by imitation, you know. United States don't let people living with HIV enter their country. Yep. Taiwan has that also. Yeah. The United States changed it, Taiwan changed it. Right. So sometimes, yes, it's by imitation. Mm. But I, I do think Taiwan will, will soon make a drastically change a change yeah. right mm -hmm. they've been at the vanguard of same-sex marriage anyways yes so in, in, asia. in asia so right. exactly yeah mm -hmm. there's hope <laughs> yeah can i ask you about another deep topic which yeah. is because we touched upon spirituality with ayahuasca and you mentioned your love of nuns in the beginning <laughs> <laughs> I love of nuns. <laughs> and then of course a lot of your work centers around hiv and aids and other kind of activism related to this um, but as we know the catholic church has a very kind of controversial or difficult you know position in all of this right there's been controversy on on kind of both sides so i'm just curious about your own personal relationship with religion or catholicism or these kind of things well my first experience the nuns <laughs> <laughs> yes well i really love nuns because i feel that 
uh, at the time, it was really funny because we have this class that it was learn how to make clothes for a baby. Huh, that's a class. Okay. It's a horrible class. <laughs> so what I did is I bought all the materials. Look, mother. We need to call it mother. None. Mm, right, the mother. Yeah, mother. I bought all the materials. I will not, I will never make babies <laughs> and <laughs> right. clothes for babies. Right. So I give you all the materials. So you just pass me in the class. And you mm. say, you're a good Christian. <laughs> <laughs> so that experience was like, oh, nuns are so easy to corrupt. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. So after that, I was like, oh, all the nuns love me because they know that I'm sincere. Like, I don't care about clothes for babies. Mm. So, okay, your question. This mm. is like the light part. Mm. Yeah. I do think since my early childhood, I was conditioned by education, religious education, re religiosity around me to hate myself. So that hate, I also kind of put it in like in the Christian Christianity world. Of course, I was really against many rituals and stuff, but I have a really deep and profound spiritual experience of different kind with medicinal plants, with meditation, until the point that I'm now, that I call myself an spiritual activist. <laughs> mm. Why spiritual activist? That's um, a statement of Gloria Ansaldúa, is a Chicana feminist uh, writer, And she calls spiritual activists as the spirituality used for social change. Mm. Currently, I already kind of forgive myself because in those times of hating myself, I did things that hurt me, you know. Mm -hmm. And I also forgive this kind of mind that religion and this kind of message that religions try to impregnate in people. Mm. And I consider myself Christian now. That's mm. surprising for a lot of people. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Yeah, it can be, I'm sure. Why, why I consider myself Christian? Because I discovered that in the history, in theology, Jesus was tremendously radical. Mm, that's true. Yeah, so he was, I was radical. Like, oh, I'm always like searching for radicality, subversion, <laughs> but actually Jesus is really radical. And uh, I discovered this comic, this called Radical Jesus. And I started to read it and I was like, wow, I mean, not everything is so bad. And if you take a look of activism, for example, ACT UP uh, in, in New York, all the activists, the lesbian activists, they have a background, like they grow up in Christian world. Why? Because if you're Christian, you kind of have this call to serve others and also for social change. So I kind of want to recover that. Mm. And in Latin America, there is also like theology related with for liberation, mm. you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. So from colonizers and stuff. Yes. So I think like now I consider myself Christian because I kind of diluted all those wrong messages that people teach you. Mm -hmm. And I discover the true meaning that Jesus want to, what path to follow, you mm -hmm. know. But being Christian doesn't deny that I can meditate, uh, that I can take medicinal plants outside of Taiwan. Of course, <laughs> yes, of course. Always outside of Taiwan. Always really far away. <laughs> Wherever it's legal, that's the only place. Exactly. So, but I, I do think that it, 
I to say that I'm Christian because mm. I'm queer, you know? Mm. So for people that listen to me, I think that gives them hope because there's a lot of queer children around the world that think that Jesus hate them. Oh, yeah, because churches like, can I mention the name of the church? Bread of Life. Oh, that's interesting. <laughs> Bread of Life. One just opened up in my neighborhood it's, and it's so huge. I don't know anything about it actually. said that, oh no, you know, because I met a person from Bread of Life. That's, this is not something that I'm creating. She'd take a look at my eyes and said, oh yes, because I, I don't have anything against homosexuality, but God doesn't love them, of mm. course. Mm. So I said, oh, but that's homophobia. Mm. Well, I don't exactly know what is homophobia. What, what you just did. <laughs> <laughs> right. So I, I think this kind of message mm. are so into like the core of the wrong spirituality. Mm. That's the, totally the wrong spirituality. So I love to talk about this and my path because I truly know that uh, Jesus is a power of love and Jesus doesn't, and I do not believe in a God that is like, oh, they all do it in a suit. It's a totally non-binary identity. It is. So I kind of close to the revolutionary message of Christianity, mm, not, the, Jesus. not the church. Right. I do not go to a church mm -hmm. because there is a lot of rituals that I do not subscribe to. Right. Mm -hmm. So it really is, kind of the art of the religion in some way. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I think that's the, the most important thing, love, right? Mm, yeah. So since we're speaking about, you know, spirituality and life and religion and death, what is there after for you? Is there anything after? Is this it? Or, you know, from like a Christian perspective, obviously there's mm -hmm. heaven and an afterlife. Uh, what about that for you? How do you kind of see the world? Well, I think that there is not only one place. Mm. You know? I think we... A metaverse? We built... <laughs> meta heaven, yeah. Exactly, meta yeah, heaven, nice. I do think that... I, I, I do believe that. I mean, I think it's also my experience with ayahuasca. Mm. Because for me, this is something that I also... Was it really important? My first experience with ayahuasca... I remember the shaman was literally playing drums because okay. I was like, I'm not going to fall into the, <laughs> into the head of the snake because I literally was eaten by the snake. That was my first experience. Oh, shit. You saw a snake. You got eaten by a snake on your yeah, first one. Yes, yes, yes. I was like, no, 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 no. So the shaman, you know, when Just hitting the, the, drum. the drum opened the heart. The sound mm. of the drum opened the heart. Mm -hmm. It's connected. So when you want to open your heart, put mocha to play drum. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So yeah, drums open the heart. So the first thing that I said was hell. I was like, no, this is the reason I didn't want to. It was so scary. So yeah. scary because when you're a children and you hear pastors of churches yes all the homosexual go to hell, hell, hell. heaven sorry yeah. hell <laughs> heaven right. that would be beautiful <laughs> hell 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 you think oh, i don't care that's mm. then i was in hell that, wow. <laughs> yeah. so that's really scary because actually i realized hell was a construction of all the things that i was scared of Mm -hmm. uh, there was a super scary movie that I was not able to finish. Please don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Please don't watch it. Don't watch it. Okay. <laughs> it's directed by Rob Zombie. 
Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. And it's, I think it's like a remake because it's like the the house of the thousand girls. Well, it's, it's super horrible. It's okay. really, really, it's, it's, a, it's a kind of horror that I don't like. I like elevated horror. Okay. But that's another subject. Yeah. <laughs> so when I was there, I realized, oh my God, this is exactly like the Rob Zombie movie. <laughs> <laughs> but I started to see that hell was like uh, my construction also. Because mm. I was like, oh, but oh my God, if I go deep in the walls of hell, I realize it's like puppets. It's not something deeper than that. And suddenly I take a look of my, my pocket and then I was like, what is this? It's a sword of life. <laughs> <laughs> the sword of life was yeah. in your pocket? Yes. And then I started to take a look. It was like a lantern. So I started to illum illuminate all the hell. And it was a fucking, sorry, the yeah, bad word. Sorry. It was such a, like a childhood fears. Wow. So I realized hell is all your kind of mind creating these Playing fears tricks on you yes in and the dark all this was not scary at all mm. so thanks to ayahuasca i'm not afraid of hell right thank you <laughs> thank you <to> ayahuasca. <laughs> <laughs> yes yes so yes i i do think like if hell is that mm. and hell is supposedly to be the most horrible thing Heaven is all the good things. Exactly. So it's all the good things that you imagine. Right. All your animals in heaven. Mm -hmm. All your beautiful people in Mocha heaven. will be there in heaven with us yes. waiting for us. <laughs> no, Mocha's here. <laughs> <laughs> so yes, yes, I do I do think in in a multiverse heaven. Mm, okay. So you've had twelve experiences with ayahuasca. <laughs> yes. Was that the first time the only bad one or and no, after I, that it was mm. I don't think it was bad. Okay. No, no, no. I, I think it was really good. And it was really special because most of people they said the first time you puke a lot. Right. So I was like my bucket. You're getting ready, ready to purge. I didn't puke because I cry a lot. That's your purge. The yeah. tears. And it was you like, vomited tears. I'm crying for you. Tears get of healed, love. Get healed. Get <laughs> healed. So, yes. Like a Christian pastor. Yeah. <laughs> was, was really beautiful. Like, clean yourself through tears. But another time I do puke. <laughs> okay. Yeah. My first time I puke like crazy. <laughs> It's good, it's good. Oh, it's, it's good. good. It was yeah. amazing afterwards. Yeah, people say, why? How, how you can possibly like to puke? And he's like, no, in that context, it's really helpful. It's cleansing. Yes. It's Literally cleansing. and figuratively, both mm -hmm. of them. Yes, yeah. yes, it is. Exactly. <laughs> so your first experience where was? So my first experience, that was our deep connection, which was in your home country of Colombia. Yes. yes, right. In so the beautiful. south. I guess as close to Peru as you can get in Colombia mm -hmm. because it's right on the border of like Ecuador and in the Putumayo region. Putumayo, yeah. Um, I believe we yeah, we flew in, my brother and I, from Bogota. It's maybe about a two hour flight to the south. And the pilot said, you know, we are landing soon. I looked out the window in a very small plane and there were mountains everywhere around us. And it was really scary because it feels like we're just going to fly into a mountain. And mm. then we actually started to land as the mountains are right next to us. And I thought we were crashing and about to die. But we actually landed on this airport that was a flattened top 
of a mountain, um, which I believe is the airport in Pasto. In Pasto, in the Putumayo region, um, from there we got picked up by our shaman friend um, and drove us about two hours into the deep valley uh, and the jungle, a little town called Santiago where I am friends with the ex-chief of the tribe. It's the Inga tribe, original descendants of the Incan Empire, the northernmost part of the Incan Empire, um, which is basically modern-day southern Colombia. Was able to spend a few days exploring the land, eating the food and fasting in the proper way as well, and getting ready to go. Actually, the same night we landed, our shaman said that tonight we will be going to El Otro Lado, the other side and we're like oh my goodness and i had to translate to my brother that he said we're going to the other side <laughs> and yeah we are ready so yeah we went to the other side a little bit later in the evening the really amazing experience was the shaman his mother you know the matriarch of the family was a very small powerful woman and she was preparing everything, preparing her son with putting on the proper clothes, cleansing, you know, using the spiritual tobacco as well to blow, preparing this agua fresca, which is a special kind of water with these herbs from the, the natural land. It was an amazing journey. I think pretty much as real as you can get because it was just the shaman and his tribe and in his land. And so we were able to go outside and, you know, kind of be free. We weren't stuck in a cabin, which was amazing. So we could actually... That avoid that you start to... <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, that was that was my memory of ayahuasca, or as we know, it's called yahe in... Yahe. Yes, in Colombia. So uh, amazing experience, uh, amazing memory of Colombia. Beautiful. I mean, yeah. Putumayo, long tradition of... Feminism. Yes, exactly. So it was a good experience. Oh, it's always a not, good experience. Not scary? Not scary? Not scary at all. Okay. I'm quite experienced with psychedelics or spiritual <laughs> journeys in legal countries, of course. And outside, <laughs> and outside, outside, outside of, Taiwan, of Taiwan, of course. Anywhere <laughs> other than Taiwan, of yeah. course. So that was not my first time with DMT-related things. But, uh, but that was my first time, I believe, with ayahuasca itself right in the liquid form so chocolate right yes exactly um, really bitter it's really bitter yeah exactly it's kind of like a mocha you know it's like a, a muddy muddy drink it didn't taste so great but it also wasn't as bad as i was expecting but definitely about 30 minutes into it the the purge was about to come but after the purge that's when the journey really began. And many visions of your past, your future, or also kind of otherworldly oh, image. Big time visions. Yeah. So yeah. they inside the house. So we were in the shaman's house, which is basically in the middle of the jungle. So we could kind of be inside and then go outside. So inside he was doing the Icaros that we had mentioned, you know, playing the music, beating the drums. There was a fire in a fireplace. Fireplace was kind of my central area. <laughs> the shaman was there on the couch and just kind of singing the Icaros. And he also was on his journey, guiding us along our journey. While I was sitting in front of the fireplace, that memory of the shaman there singing the Icaros, the grandmother, the matriarch of the family sitting in the back quietly, like a powerful force was just amazing. I wanted to like talk to her and hug her, and but she just sat there like a stone. 
it seemed like she encapsulated all of history in a lot of ways. She just seems so down to earth and powerful and beautiful and wise. But that fire was amazing. I just remember sitting in front of it and just crying because it was just so beautiful. And the memories, a lot of memories from my past, but also definitely visions as well. And when I walked outside, there was a full moon. That was crazy because, you know, I'm in the middle of basically the northern Amazon, right? The jungle and the visions were intense, but also very beautiful. And the environment is so important. Yeah, the set and setting. The environment is everything, I think. When I wake up the next morning at that time that I run off outside of the camera, right. <laughs> I went to the same spot that I was laid down last night and I saw the trees as like a cloud. Oh, because claws. There, claws, yeah, yeah, because there was a otorongo. Otorongo is like a kind of like a jaguar. <laughs> yeah, like, right, like a panther. Yes, yeah. a panther. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that's, that's my animal. You know, I. Otorongo. The first time. That I tried ayahuasca, I saw myself, I see myself as a little panther. Wow, that's cool. It <laughs> that was really good, my pounds. Da, da, da. <laughs> yeah, yeah, because I mentioned to you during our call before that the reason I was able to go down there is that Shaman is the brother of a very famous visionary artist in Colombia named Carlos Hakanamihoy. Yeah. A lot of his art, actually, I think all of his art centers around the visions he has had as ex shaman himself and uh, I think also maybe a chief of the tribe and the otorongo and other kind of animals spiritual animals are a big part of those artistic visions yeah that he has. I love his paintings really yeah. powerful Super yes beautiful. otorongo and snake snake and the snake I love snakes you love snakes <laughs> I love snakes even though it swallowed you whole yeah <laughs> i think i watched too many times anaconda <laughs> too, oh wow yeah <laughs> it was literally like that but it was good it was like roller coaster okay i'm inside <laughs> oh, wow so which one was your most memorable journey of all of those i think the, the one in the amazon yeah yes in iquitos yes but I think the first time also, mm. because the first time I remember is, is curious because it's really similar of your experience. Kind of the, the partner of the shaman was the, the one who was singing the Icaros. Mm. So I immediately feel attracted by that feminine power. Energy, power. Yeah. But in the Amazon, there was no women. So I was like, okay, I'm running to the earth. The earth is feminine. The mother earth. <laughs> yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. So you, you feel kind of moved by the strong women. By the matriarch, 100%. Me also with the, like the, this feminine, well. Yeah, no, I'm I telling love women. you. <laughs> <laughs> I do too. <laughs> exactly. That, that was there. That was there. <laughs> Memories, life, yeah. death beauty journeys yeah journeys everything in between <laughs> so finally is there something that you would like people to know maybe kind of young people maybe about some of the things that you are most passionate about hiv aids stigma addiction mm -hmm. love travel you know any of these kind of things what would you say to because we also kind of started out the podcast speaking about the importance of education right and yes, 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 yeah. it's true. Well, mm, I think it's important to always be open to change. Mm, yeah. yeah. Always understand that 
we can be the mentors for other person, but be open to other person mentoring you and never be close to that possibility. This is a message for bread of life. (laughs) 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 But it's true. It's true sometimes. Mm. And and that's the problem. You cannot be always like so stick like, okay, this is what I am. This is what I believe. No, be open. Be open. We are water. Be water. Be water, my friend. (laughs) Yes. My friend Casey Wong from episode six will love that. Hi, Casey. Casey. I want to meet you. I know, Casey. We're going to hang out together. (laughs) We will all hang out together and and chat love and, and life. So, I, and I have an invitation. Mm. Yes, because uh, you can have a little, like, a window to the way I conceive our education mm. through the workshop that Anan and me are giving with the amazing festival, the Women May Wave International Film Festival mm. that starts in October. Okay, oh, coming please, very soon. Please come. Yes. It's really, really impressive i say hello to my dear friend curator huayin because she is yeah incredible program and our workshop the process will have a a small pop-up exhibition installation the 23 from 2 to 4 in a spot huashan so this is october 23rd october 23rd Uh 2 to 4 p.m. Yes. At Spot Huashan. Spot Huashan. Oh, that's a cool place, too. Yes, yes. Please come. I will definitely. I, I know be there. it will be a different kind of experience mm. about experimental film. Okay. Yeah. So, for those who are interested, how can they find information about that? Um, mm-hmm. And then also about you if you know if people are interested in contacting you or learning more about your story and arts how can they find that uh, my website okay it's the best so place jtrangler.com and uh, about the workshop through the website oh women make waves women make waves mm-hmm. in uh, mandarin oh i learned this <laughs> chinese practice chinese uh, test uh, <laughs> it, wait 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 it's uh well, it's in Mandarin, it's actually not at all about waves. Oh, okay. <laughs> so it's more like uh, uh, women make uh, films about something like more about female directors in experimental in film. The, the festival is called in Mandarin, something like International Female Women Film Festival. Okay. It's more, it's more like that. And is it just a one-day thing, or is this... No, it's a festival. Okay. It's a film festival. So it's like two two weeks, two weeks of uh, movies uh, all day. Oh, wow. Yeah. Amazing. Please buy the ticket, infinite ticket. Yes. Right. <laughs> you can watch five movies per day. Okay. I love nice. that, a film festival. Be exactly. Just hopping. It's like, yeah, bar yeah. hopping without the alcohol. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. You can hop and enjoy art. Yes, and I know that the experience of the pop-up exhibition is really special. People mm. really get really into like how you can create collectively. Mm. That's really interesting. Exactly. So, oh. Okay, I will be there. We hope to see you all there as well. Yes. So please come say hi to us, Jay Triangular. 
thank you very much for coming in today. It was an amazing and very deep conversation. <laughs> um, and I look forward to speaking with you more off the air and seeing you in October. And then, yeah, we'll make things happen as well outside of this. Yes, thank you. Please uh, visit my website and discover more. Exactly. More and be ready for her feature film. It is coming. Producers, reach out. Actors, yes. reach out. Oh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's a good, good, good advice. Exactly. Anyone who's interested in making art and collaborating and, you know, doing some really interesting stuff here, J Triangular is waiting. Thank you, Ken. All right. Thank you so much. All Gracias. right, everyone. Gracias. Bye-bye. Peace. <laughs>